Shalom, Baruch Rav, the Mitzchak, Bobo Kama, Dav Kuf, Gimel. Today's Dav continues our discussion about selling to an unknown buyer. Can he force the seller to write him a new star when he uh, used the first one in the name of the Rish Galusa? Uh, when we, look, we learn about a case when it looks like Ribis, um, when someone put down a down payment and he's getting back more if the guy invested it. We discuss the sugi of returning a gazela. How when someone Dafka lies, makes a shvua, and then he has to chase him down to return the gazela. At how much of the gazela does he need to slap out to return? What happens if someone steals from one of five guys and he doesn't know who? The Gemara begins by telling us that if someone buys a field. B'shem right? Let's figure out what this means. So we don't force him to sell it. But if he said, Almanas, he made a condition in the sale, then we do force him to sell it. So the Gemara asks, what in the world are you talking about? So we have two options. We started with the Sheshis. Sheshis tells us that here's what the Gemara is telling us. If someone buys a field for his friend, but he says... Whether he buys it for himself, but he says, this field is for the Reish Galusa. Reish Galusa was a powerful figure, so no one would mess with this field anymore and would be safe with him. We don't force the Reish Galusa to sell it to him. He bought it for the Reish Galusa, so it seems like it's the Reish Galusa's. But if he were to say, Almanas, I'm buying it for the Reish Galusa on the condition that the Reish Galusa sells it to me, then we do force the Reish Galusa to sell it to this buyer. So the Gemara says, look, for the fact that we're, we don't make the rich Galusa sell it back to this guy, you see that the seal actually worked. The Kenyan actually went to the rich Galusa, even though the guy who was selling it had no idea. The Reish Galusa didn't know he was buying a field. He didn't know who the buyer was. There was no connection between the two of them. This sounds like a machleikas. It sounds like they're arguing with what they said in Eretz Yisrael. We had this, the, the top of Kubayz and Mabez. They said in, 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 in Eretz Yisrael, in Arava, that how could it be that the person who's buying it has no idea who he's buying it from, the, or more accurately, the Balabayas who's selling it doesn't know who he's selling it to. It sounds like, yeah, the Reish Galusa does not need to know, and it's still a valid sale. So the Gemara says, okay, we can get around that in our case by saying that the case is where the guy who's buying it tells the seller and the Adim on the sale that this is actually for him. I'm just going to spread a rumor that it's for the Reish Galusa, but they know who they're selling it to. They know that it's it's actually for me. I then what is the Seifa talking about? In the Seifa, we said that if he adds, I'll Manas, then we forced the Reish Galusa to sell it to him. The Reish Galusa never got a hold of it. It wasn't actually for the Reish Galusa. In fact, we just explained that. He had told the seller and the Edim that it's for him, not for the Reish Galusa. So Abaye gives us a second interpretation of this statement. He says that the case was where the guy buys a field from uh, for, for his friend. Maybe it's a Reish Galusa or not. Rashulant it is. This guy's claiming that the whole seal is for his friend, but really it's for him. We don't force the seller to write another star saying that it's for this guy who actually bought it. But if they wrote Amanas in the first contract saying, Amanas, you'll write me another star afterwards that said it's for me, not for my friend, not for the Rish Kalusa, then that, that Amanas forces the seller to resell it to write another star after to this buyer. So the Gemara takes this apart again. Isn't the first part obvious? Why would we force the guy to write another star? 
this guy bought it for his friend, not for himself. So the Gemara answers, well, there is a taina that we would entertain, that the guy would say, look, you and I know that I was buying it for myself. I'm not just throwing around money for no reason. I had in mind that you would write a second star that would make the property mine. Kamash Malon that he has to go to the guy who he actually bought it for, uh, in at least on paper, and get him to sell it to him. Because as far as the seller is concerned, he wasn't selling it to this buyer. He was selling it to the guy who he was buying it for. So go to the third party, right? B bought it from A for C. So B comes to A and says, no, write a star that it's mine. He says, no, I sold it as far as I'm concerned to C. If you want to go to C and tell C to write a star that it's yours. I so in the safe uh, when he puts an almanas in the original contract between A and B, of course A has to write him another star. What's the chiddush here? The chiddush is that he didn't actually tell A that he would have to write another star. He told the Adim who were there that, by the way, this whole thing is a shtickle sham. I'm not actually buying it for C. I want another star afterwards. So I might think that A container, look, as far as I was concerned, I'm selling it to C, not to you. I'm not writing you another star. Kamash Malah, and since the A knew that the, he can force A to write him a new star, putting the property in B's possession, not C. In the next case, Rav Kahana gave money to a flax salesman, and then before he actually picked it up, the price of flax went up like crazy. So the flax salesman sold it to be able to get that profit for Rev Kahana. When they came to Rav, they asked him, am I, Rev Kahana said, am I allowed to take this money? Because it's not ribbis, it's an actual ribbis. I didn't loan him it. But if it much looks like ribbis, I gave him some money. He's giving me back twice as much, however much the flax went up. So Rav says it really depends. If when he sold the, the flax for you, he said, oh, this is Kahana's flax, then you're allowed to take the money because he just invested your flax for you. But if he never said that, then Itaka looks like Ribas and you should not take this money. Gemara says, this sounds like the Benema Rava that are saying that you have to know who the seal is going to when you sell it. Rav Kahana's name had to be attached to the seal. Otherwise, the money can't go back to him. But the Gemara says he can't compare it to what the Benimei Rebbe was talking about. It's not like Rav Kahano gave him four shekel and he got back eight. The flax went up in value by itself. How did the guys who were buying this flax do it for Rav Kahana? It's like a gazela, and when someone steals something, he has to pay back the value at the time that it was stolen. Not how much it goes up in value or down in value. So the Gemara says over there it was different because if Kahana bought the flax on Amuna, he trusted the salesman that he would come pick it up, but he never actually did a Kenyan on the flax. So Rav Paskin like this because this is Rav Shita. Rav is saying you can't take the money for this because you can't, he holds that you could only do this sort of a sale on absolute credit, even though there's nothing to, to be buying here, on payroys, but not on something of value on Dummim. You could buy hypothetical, you know, theoretical fruits when they're high in value. Otherwise, with other products, it looks like ribbis. I give you $5 and you're giving me back $15. Now we move on to the next Mishnah. We, uh, we finished learning about the guy who steals. What does he do once he stole? So the Mishnah tells us that if someone steals from his friend, if it's a Shava Pruto's worth, and if he lies and says that he didn't steal it, he has to go wherever the guy is, even to Modai, to return it. Modai was a very rich place where Shava Pruto is like nothing, but you have to slap all the way there and return it. If 
all that's around is his son. He can't give it to his son. He can't give it to Shliach. He has to slap to wherever he is. But Shliach bears them because of Takonas Hashav and we do let him return the money to him. If the guy who he stole from dies, he has to return it to his Yerushim. Now, if he already paid back the Karen, he just didn't pay back the Chaymish, the extra 25% that he owes for stealing, or if the guy who he stole from was Meichel on the Karen, just not on the Chaymish, or he was Meichel on both, minus a Shava Pruta of the Karen, then he doesn't need a slap. I mean, less than the Shavar Puta. For the Chaymesh, or for less than the Shavar Puta, he doesn't have to stop to wherever he is to return it. But if he only paid the Chaymesh, not the Karen, or if the guy was only Marichal the Chaymesh, he still owes the Karen, or if it was Machlan, everything minus something, at least a Shavar Puta's worth, he does have to slap for that last Puta, for that Karen, to return that. If he returns the Karen, but he swears that, let's say, he already returned the Chaymesh, so now he has to pay a chaymesh on the chaymesh, which he lied about, and you have to keep on doing that until the karen is worth less than a shavar puta. The same would apply to returning a pikadon. The guy swears they didn't have a pikadon. The pasuk says, "Be pikadon, be sumas yad, be gezel, or oishek, or esek as mito, or matza avedo, vechichish bo, venishba aid." Shocker! You have to pay karen, chaymesh, and then an asham. Now the Gemara says. It sounds like you only have to schlep to return it to the thing that you stole, wherever the guy is, if you swore falsely. If you didn't swear falsely, you don't have to schlep to return it. Who holds that? The Gemara says, we have, we have two Tanoim, it's not Rabbi Tarfin, and it's not Rabbi Akiva. We find these two Tanoim in a Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if someone steals from five people, he steals one thing from one of these five people. He doesn't know which of the five people he stole from. So we have a machleka. So how do you pay back? Rabbi Tarfin says, you drop whatever you stole between them, let them fight over it, and you walk away. You return whatever you stole. They have to figure out who it was from. Rabbi Akiva says, that's not how it works. You have to pay every single one of them back as if they were the one of the five which you stole from. Now, it can't be Rabbi Tarfin because Rabbi Tarfin says that you could just return whatever it is even if you stole. Just put it down there and walk away. You know, you don't have to schlep and find out who it was that you stole from. And maybe Akiva says, even if you didn't swear, that the case over there, there's no shua, you still have to return every single person. You would have to find out where he is and return it. So the Gemara says, we can say that Amish knows Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva only says that you have to pay every single person. That's only in a case where he swore falsely. Why? Because there's a special puzzle means that he lied. And that's where he has to pay every single person back. It's like a stickle class. Rabbi Tarfin, he says that even if he did swear, you just have to pay back once. We have find this in a bright server. Rabbi Tzodik says that they made a tremendous takona that if the goslin would have to pay more to track down this guy than the thing which he actually owes him instead of schlepping to him and handing it to him and end up losing money on the travel expenses, he could leave the money which he stole with Bezdin and uh, then he could proceed with his kapara to bring the carbon ashram and get his kapara. He doesn't have to track him down if it's going to cost more than what he owes. Maybe Akiva...
he would learn you have to pay every single person back. It sounds like he would also be high schlepping. He says that the takana that the Rabbana made here to just give it to Bezdin, that was when you know who you stole from. So I'm going to give it to Bezdin to return it to this guy one day. They'll track him down. But if I don't know who to return it to, giving it to Bezdin doesn't help. They don't know who to give it to. So I have to pay back every single one of them. Now, Rav Huna asks, Rav Huna Bar Yehuda asks, Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar. He says that, Rabbi Tarfan and Rabbi Akiva only argue when the guy stole. If someone buys something from one of five people and he doesn't know who he bought it from, there's no kanas here. You just put it down and say, I don't know who I bought it from. Here's the money for it. It's only when they stole that Rabbi Tarfan says, you can, you can do the same thing. Just leave it in the middle. Let them figure out who you stole from. And Rabbi Akiva says you have to give that every single person. But hold on. If you're telling me that the case was actually that the guy swore falsely, who cares whether he bought it from them or he stole from them? The guy didn't, didn't have Aira either way. Meaning, you're telling me that the Gazlan has to pay everybody, according to Akiva, because he did this terrible thing about stealing. Even if he bought it, he lied. So the lawyer should be of him that knas to pay every, back, every, every single one of the five people back. And furthermore, Rovo asks, there was a Misa with a specific, there's a certain and Chassid, we'll see who this was. There's a Chassid who bought from two different people, but he couldn't remember who he bought this thing from. And he went to Rabbi and he said, what am I supposed to do? Rabbi told him, he says, Rabbi Shita, put down the money, let them figure out who he bought it from. When he went to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, I'm sorry, the only thing you could do is pay both of them for the thing which he bought. Now hold on a second. If, this, if the case is Taka where he swears, is, is that they only argue. When he's swearing falsely, then how do I chassid? Chassid doesn't swear falsely. You're going to tell me that he only became a chassid after he did the swearing. He did tshuva since, since his shvul ashav. Here's a fun fact, says the Gemara. Whenever we say there's a Misa about a Chassid Echad, there are two people who we're talking about. It's either Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba or Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Eloi. Now, Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba and Rabbi Yehuda ben Eloi, they were always Chassidim. They never had their like swearing falsely uh, Tkufa and did Tshuva since. So we're going to have to re-understand the Machlekes. They retire from the Rabbi Akiva. Are they actually arguing when they swear? Buying. Stealing. Bez Hashem will continue exploring this tomorrow on Dav Kuftala. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.